0: Good morning, everyone. Today, I am delighted to be interviewing Robert Richardson. Many of you will know Robert from the Grand, but during transition, Robert moved to become general manager of the Cave Hotel and Golf Resort at Boughton in Kent. Good morning, Robert. Hi, good morning, Mary. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. I'm really looking forward to chatting to you. So yeah, me
1: lots of changes where you're concerned. What's it been like? Yeah. Um, openly and honestly, it's a unique time to, to change a job. Um, given what's going on in the world right now. Um, we at The Cave have been open now for a month and footfall is strong. Um, the business is, is healthy, we're busy, the car park is full. You know, there's steaks being cooked on the grill and there's champagne corks being popped. And it's a very, very good atmosphere, despite the madness that's engulfing um, everywhere else in the world right now.
0: Well, that's really good to hear. And very positive, you've come back strong. But I'm I'm interested to know what the transition was like, because it must have been quite a tough time for you transitioning to a new brand and a new team and everything that that involves. And also the, the people that you're working with to have a new general manager at a time of huge uncertainty. Can you can you tell me a bit about that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I've always been a big believer that you lead with compassion. I think the days of. Yeah, walking in as a hotel general manager and being called Mr. So-and-so and almost elevated up. That, I mean, that remains in the, the 40s and the 50s. That's not the world we live in today. Um, these are uncertain, absolutely terrifying times. And we have to be mindful that in our industry, our teams are on the front line. And this is unarguably the biggest crisis, not just our industry, but the world has faced in generations. So we have to be mindful of people's own mental health and their well-being. In terms of leaving the Grand and coming to the Cave, i had been at the Grand for a number of years. I was very pleased with it and it was a wrench to leave. I think emotionally the fact that I left during lockdown and the Grand hadn't reopened at the stage that I came away from it softened the blow, if you like, because in my mind I hadn't been the general manager there since lockdown started. Um, The team at Cave have been genuinely wonderful. You know, I couldn't have wished for a more welcoming group of people. you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like, as we record this, this is the start of my fifth week um, as general manager, and it doesn't feel like that at all. It feels like, you know, my fifth month or my first year. It's been an absolute indoctrination, but more in the, due to the fact that the world is slightly heightened right now. Um, with the team, they came out of lockdown and actually opened a couple of days before I joined. So they were very excited as to... Um, to coming back and actually getting back to the job they love and you can't help but absorb that almost like an osmosis when you're walking around with such a positive group of people so i think i've been really lucky in fairness it could have gone the other way whereby um you'd walked into a lot of people that maybe didn't want a new general manager or maybe didn't want to come out of um, lockdown or for furlough so no i think i've been very lucky
0: I th- I, it sounds like you've just had a, it's a dream job doesn't it it's, so you, far, yeah, so far. That's fantastic. Look, Looking at the bigger picture, where do you think the industry is right now? Because there's a lot coming down the road ahead for the industry. Where do you think we are right now?
1: I think, I mean, if, I, um, if, if you asked me to put a prop on for this today, it would be a crystal ball, because I don't think, realistically, we can gauge too far in advance. I mean, if you'd have asked me on the 1st of March, would hospitality businesses be closing on the 20th of March? I would have said, of course not. So we just don't know. I think, openly and honestly, I feel that we're at a turning point um, as to where our industry will go. We need the government to offer more flexible assistance. And to be fair, they have offered a lot of assistance. It is, you know, unparalleled assistance from parallel times, I think is the phrase they use at the time. But we need more flexible assistance in terms of our businesses, our supply chains. We need a tapered extension to furlough and further business relief because businesses will not survive. Um, the VAT cut is incredibly helpful, but it's a sticking plaster. It needs to be a bit longer, unfortunately. And I think if we don't start thinking more along the lines of long-term survival, then I think this will be the start of an employment struggle for people who will be losing their roles and losing their jobs for no fault of their own. Um, I read a statistic that UK Hospitality published last night, actually, and it says more than three quarters of hospitality businesses are at risk of insolvency in the next year. And I do believe it. Conversely that's, though, sorry.
0: No, I was gonna say that's a hard statistic.
1: That is an incredibly hard statistic. Conversely though, I um, I look at my hotel, I look at my colleagues' hotels, I look at my competitor sets, um, I look at hotels abroad and people are habitual. They want to come back to areas where they've made memories. They want to come back and experience luxury. So I think at the moment, we're not doing too badly, but where will, we, where will we be in October, November? That's the big question mark I've got at the moment.
0: I think that's the forefront of everybody's mind, because, I mean, as you, you mentioned a crystal ball. And if you think about what the future might be like after the end of October, going into Christmas, and if, if <laughs> everything is predict, as predicted happens, we are going to see a lot of redundancies. And I think that's going to challenge a lot of people's leadership styles. What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think in the first instance, we need to remember that pre-COVID, hospitality was one of the biggest contributors to UK PRC. We were putting something like five billion in the economy. Obviously that slowed, but it's in the economy's interest to support hospitality because they need our investment and they need our revenue. So I do think the government at its most base level is respective of that. Um, In terms of your question about people being made redundant and how the world changes post-October. Normally you would come out of a a busy summer season, you would then have a quieter autumn, then you go into a busier Christmas. That's a broad um, business model, but will people want to be five deep at the bar, 100 people on the dance floor for a Christmas party? I'm just thinking not at the moment. If we look at March, so in the lead up to lockdown, we saw business across the board slowing down because people were voting with their feet. They wanted to stay indoors and stay safe. We, as a, as, a, as a world, have been indoctrinating people to socially distance, limit physical contact, and basically avoid people. You know, I had a conversation during lockdown with my postman, and subconsciously, the two of us, were, one would take a step forward, the other would take a step back, and neither has realised we were doing it. It's just, we've been indoctrinated into it. So I think, There is going to be a move. I do think, unfortunately, hard decisions are going to be made and no one, no one wants to do that, but it's going to happen. And when that happens, people's mindsets are going to change. I think realistically, we're going to see some incredibly talented people working at levels uh, where they would have been in their careers five, six, seven years ago. They'll be working at lower levels. And that's not a phrase I like, actually, but they will certainly take a step back. And I think as the world readjusts, there's the potential to come back to normal and come back to the roles and the employment that maybe we've been privileged enough to enjoy. But I think we're in that that spell at the moment that it's just not gonna happen yet. And I think that is absolutely terrifying. Um, Something that I'm hearing is a well-worn phrase right now is lockdown has changed me. And I think that's right, lockdown has changed everyone. And I think we had a hard reset where we got to sit down, we got to look at what's more important in our lives. And I think some people, in fairness, will embrace um, redundancy or a change in their workload or change in their pressure. I think other people, not so much. And that's where we have to, going back to what I said earlier, lead that with compassion and do the very best we can for these people. This, this year, 2020, is outside of all of our control. No one expected a pandemic and the decisions we make need to be based on data, not gut feeling, and we need to lead those businesses forward and hopefully we'll be able to pick up people that have left us in the future as we go forward. I know that's a, that's a rambling answer, but it's a, it's a question that um, doesn't have a prescriptive answer, I think.
0: No, I, think the point, I think the point you're making is that people in the industry who are ma- being made redundant, p- possibly from management positions, may find mm. themselves being re-employed into the industry, but at a lower position for now, until such time as we start a growth spurt
1: again, if you like. Exactly, exactly. And I've seen, um, towards the end of my time at The Grand, so during lockdown, I received just over 400 CVs, and these were just sent on spec. Of course, we weren't advertising any roles because we were shut. At CAVE, I'm seeing a good influx of CVs, and these are quality people. And I look at them, and the level of experience they've got is absolutely fabulous. But unfortunately, through no fault of their own, they find themselves back out on the job market. You just have to go on LinkedIn at the moment, and people are out there looking for work. I think LinkedIn has also created a little icon for your profile picture to to actively show that, which is great, because I think that's helping people. I do think, in the fullness of time, we will bounce back. I think that's inevitable. It's just from there to here.
0: Yeah, it, it's. I mean, it is a, a really difficult, challenging time. I, <coughs> the skill sets involved oh, for managers and leaders over the next six months. I would say that already they have developed possibly a new set of skills, soft skills, hmm. empathy, all those new technology skills, etc. I think. Going forward they're going to have to look at even more of that Um, and I mean it'd be interesting to get your take on how if you are a leader or a manager facing having to make your teams redundant what you think (laughs) the skills might be that they will need and that they should be working on perhaps.
1: I think it goes back to the fact that um, we need to be compassionate, we need to have empathy, this is not a pleasant decision and actually sitting there and writing out a redundancy matrix or or just taking a list of skills per role, um, we need to look at handling that with compassion, with kindness, we have to be respectful of their mental health. Ultimately and analytically, a redundancy will be based on cost at the end of the day. yeah. Once we've taken the analytics out of it and we've made that decision, that's where the emotional intelligence comes in and that's where our respect for the individual, our respect for their mental health, our respect for their wellbeing comes into play. And we need to think outside the box slightly. Once these people have left our their, their business, we actually need to stay in touch with them and see if they're okay, because we have a responsibility to them. If they're in our business, we have a duty of care. They've left our business through no fault of theirs, and in fact, no fault of ours. We still need to maintain that duty of care.
0: I'm glad you mentioned emotional intelligence and also the duty of care. Um, we talk, we've talked at uh, catered.com about boomerang workers and how important they are to the sector, and I think there will be a lot of boomerang um, workers over the next year, two years, who will possibly leave the industry, as you say, no fault of their own. But then, who will bounce back um, when the industry picks up again? And that keeping in touch with them is a great way to keep your talent pool.
1: I think so, and again, I genuinely believe the that our industry is going to bounce back, and you know, I'm not putting a time frame to it because I'm certainly not that clever, but we will. And when we do, we want to keep in touch with these people because we employed them once because they're a good fit for our business, they will definitely be a good fit again. Never turn around and make the mistake that I've made the redundancy on the Monday, that's it, full stop, the end, Might drop, we're not having contact with these people because of course you can. And if you handle the redundancy process properly, they'll want to engage with you as well.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, We're looking at some hard choices. what do you think businesses i mean this is grab your crystal ball time but what do you think businesses can do to ensure their survival into 2021 and beyond
1: i think we live in an experiential excuse me society but we need to to recognize especially when the warmer weather fades our customers tastes will change you know i think leading up to covid people were spending their disposable income on the acquisition of experience not the acquisition of things and people will want that back. That being said, we will get into October, November. The nights will draw in. It will be colder. It'll be harder to attract people. Very likely we're going to see a spike in um, COVID-19 cases. So revisit your business model. You know, embrace some out of the box thinking. If the, bit you, the clients can't come to the business, can the business come to the client? So, if we have a restaurant, let's look at online takeaways, let's look at drive-throughs. There's so much you can do. You've got the four walls and a roof that makes up your business. Look at it with different eyes and say, how can I adapt this if people aren't coming in through the front door? At CAVE, we opened during lockdown an incredibly successful drive-through, which was just amazingly well received. We had people driving down from London and further afield. To experience our food, and that told us that there was a market for it in that time, in this time of lockdown. Would we have done a drive-through operation had lockdown not have happened? Haven't got a clue. But the business, the world changed, so the business model adapted accordingly, and it was successful. And if we can do it, everyone else can. Is this the Korean Cowgirl? This is the Korean Cowgirl restaurant in uh, in Canterbury, yeah, which is a hugely popular restaurant. So uh-huh. the fact it had a following outside of Kent and the fact that people made the trip down during lockdown tells us that the decision to change our business model to actually embrace some creative thinking was the right one to go. And if we have a, God forbid, if we have a second lockdown or customers voting with their feet and staying in, then we need to adapt our business models and just be a bit more creative. We've all globally now become huge experts on digital communication. So use that to engage with your customers. If you have, let's say a, um, a country pub and footfalls falling, why don't you do an online quiz with them? You know The events that you would have in your pub, like quiz nights or jazz nights or whatever, you can put that online and you will still gauge your customer um, interaction. You'll still retain your customers for when you get through this.
0: Some of the, yeah, some of the strongest employer brands during um, lockdown have been the ones that have pivoted And the ones that really sort of spring to mind are the ones for instance, I mean, one of my favourites is BrewDog because they make beer, but they make hand sanitizer (laughs) and they do so much more besides. And it's those brands that have built huge loyalties over the course of um, lockdown. And
1: those are the ones that they're strong. Sorry, I interrupted, go on. No, no, it's, it's the out of the box thinking. It's actually quite exciting. I mean, I saw some of the things that BrewDog did just on Twitter. And I have to say up until that point, and I hope no one from BrewDog's watching, I've never had a BrewDog product in my life. I certainly have now, because that was so strong on social media. When I was in the supermarket and I saw something, I thought I'm actually gonna try that and I liked it. So embrace the creative thinking because you're gonna find there's a whole new audience out there that you never knew existed. So let's go and get them.
0: Yeah, my local pub is doing a drive-through Sunday lunch. (laughs) <laughs> which which well they were that's right true. through which is you know and it's a little pub you know by the sea but they that's what they did and it really helped so it's that thing i think the point is let's be creative and if football starts to drop you know you've got to do whatever you can to survive i think that's absolutely that's, yeah it's about and it's watch the figures i think look at the revenue see how that's doing
1: look at the revenue oh. and ultimately going back to being analytical if the money's not coming in the money's not going out so we have to look at our bottom line we have to look at where the revenue is coming from we've got to gauge where the business is coming from and where the cost is coming from and if we do that and if we keep an eye on that and embrace the creative thinking then we've got a fighting chance businesses that turn around and say oh, we we can't adapt there's no way we can do this that's falling at the first hurdle so walk away from your business get a clear mind Put some thoughts on paper and then walk back to your business and see how you can implement them. I certainly find that, and you know yourself, you get involved with a project and you will almost get blinkered. And then at five o'clock in the morning, you'll wake up having distanced yourself from it. And you'll have an absolutely amazing idea because you've just taken that step back. So that's what I'd advise people to do. And it is heightened. It is pressurised. Um, as we record this uh, in a couple of days time, it's mandatory to wear masks in uh, hotel lobbies and the like. And I think that's gonna add a degree of tension because things will just be slightly more heightened. So at the moment we're thinking, how can we provide just a bit more relaxing atmosphere in a slightly more tense atmosphere? So that's two opposing forces, but think about it. And it might be that you don't come up with the answer, but it might be that you do, but you'll never know if you don't try, which is, I mean, that's something my grandmother would say, but it's true then, it's true now. Do you think um, your team
0: has enjoyed the excitement of pivoting and doing the drive-through Korean cowgirl? And do they see the bigger picture that by doing this, it's keeping them in jobs?
1: They do, no, they absolutely do. And I have to say, each and every one of them has given 200%. They've worked so hard during this, and they are receptive to the fact that this this has kept them in, in their roles and employed. And like myself and like, I think, yourself and everyone else out there, we all have friends or colleagues in the industry right now that just aren't as fortunate as, as we are. And that is terrible. But it also focuses the mind because right now, people, there are people that are very appreciative of their working situation because they have friends that have gone the other way. And we don't want um, as individuals to lose our jobs, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, very good point. I think the final thing I'd like from you is and no crystal ball needed here. This is based on your experience tips for other employers who are facing I mean the reality (laughs) of the situation so far has been you know we it's a pandemic I mean until six months ago the word pandemic was probably not at the top of everybody's vocabulary now everybody knows what a pandemic is so what tips would you have for employers going forward and in terms of the next six months to a year say
1: I think if we cast our minds back to March universally our business was in decline. People, as I said earlier in this in this interview, people were not coming out anymore, they were voting with their feet and staying home and staying safe. March the 20th happened and Forrest Johnson stood up there and he said hospitality businesses are starting at midnight tonight and that's it, that's a full stop. And then we heard little rumours about furloughs and rumours about business grant schemes. And we saw brilliant work from people like yourselves or UK Hospitality championing that, but nothing prescriptive or definitive. And in the absence of guidance, there became almost like a chasm of conjecture and speculation, and that made people nervous. So automatically, on the 21st of March, you would have people in the school of thought saying, how do I pay my bills? How do I pay my mortgage, my rent, buy my food? And that went on for a while. And as employers, we couldn't answer that. Some employers were fortunate enough that they could continue paying their staff. Um, Other employers' SMEs were just literally on a hard stop. They probably had a cash flow that didn't make three weeks. So I think 16 days cash flow was the average being publicised at the time. What I would say to employers is use that experience now. We need to communicate to our teams to an unheard of degree now and keep them informed. The world's changing on almost a daily basis. So we have to keep people up to date with what we're doing and use WhatsApp or Zoom or your internal messaging services and just keep people talking, engaged and aware of where they are. Because the minute that dialogue stops, you're leaving yourself wide open to speculation, negativity, and frankly, a very, very disinherited staff because they feel that they're a step away from us. Okay, Um, the other thing we need to remember is the team's mental health, and I know I've covered that earlier, but the mental health of our team is hugely important. And again, in the absence of knowledge, they're going to lead to um, their own speculation, and that can lead to depression, isolationism, and a whole raft of other issues. So, number one, just talk to people, communicate.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I think also, as we go into the autumn and winter, um, mental health We've talked about it right the way through because suddenly it, it well not suddenly but the pandemic has heightened the ob- the, the realization that people's mental health you know yeah you know, it really has heightened that and made us very aware and as we go through towards uh, Christmas and beyond the I, we will I think we will see a spike in people's wellness because it's great oh. being able to get outside and do your yoga in the garden and go for a run but in the cold dark wet winter months <laughs> you know, maybe not so
1: much. And, and keep in mind, um, globally, Christmas is a time of year where people's mental health suffers the most. You know, there's stress, how do I pay for this? What do I do here? And now you've got potentially, anyway, the added um, impact of COVID and potential measures that might have to come in. So I think we really, really have to be perspective of that. And keep in mind, our teams are looking for reassurance and in bounds of, of uh, reality, as their employers, it's our responsibility to provide that in the in spectrum of honesty we, we can't sugarcoat things but we need to reassure our teams that we are doing everything in our powers to maintain the business maintain their income maintain their employment
0: absolutely anything else you'd like to add just before we finish up for today Robert
1: I think what this has shown me personally is as a species and certainly as an industry we've got an infinite capacity for kindness something that um Covid has told me that When our backs are against the wall, industry professionals in hospitality have been out there. They have been knitting masks for the NHS. They've been holding charity events. They've just been looking after each other. Something that Hospitality Action did is um, contacting people who are in isolated locations. And I was a volunteer for that myself. And it's fantastic. And I hope when we come out of this, which we will, we just remember how kind and considerate we can be. And I think not just the industry, which is spectacular for consideration and empathy, but the world at large can certainly learn from that.
0: Thank you, Robert. That's a really good point to end on. It's been great to talk to you today. Have a, enjoy enjoy. Enjoy your day. Take care.
1: Take care. Bye-bye.